Hey everyone out there in the CBC universe, welcome to another episode of Comic Book Characters. I know you're Dracula, you big fucking nerd. Where's my goddamn money? Where is his money? He he gotta find it. He gotta find it. I'm your friendly neighborhood podcaster, Alfred. And I'm Chris. I don't have a fucking witty nickname this time, Cossidus. Oh no. In the in the COVID void, Cossidus. <laughs> Comic stuff. <laughs> oh man. You know what it is? I spent so much time like trying to find the actual fucking image with the what Moon Knight saying. Oh. Uh, I totally forgot to think of a funny nickname. Uh, yeah. Uh, fucking. Uh, I'll just read some of the slack. Uh, <laughs> 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 no. <not good. laughs> uh, Chris. Uh, at his wits end, Gossidus. There you go. That's that's, that's that's pretty apt. That's I mean, it's so saggy. That's just you're just spitting truth there. I think it was Alex or somebody. I want to. I'll give credit to Alex. I don't know who it was. But I think it was Alex. He he had said that like it'd be really awesome if they made a "Where's my goddamn money, you fucking nerd?" Um, Dracula wallet. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> how I mean, I would I would buy that immediately. <laughs> Yeah, even if it's like nylon and it's just screen printed on there or something, I yeah. take it. Whatever, however you want to do it. You want to you want to wish dot com it or AliExpress, whatever you gotta do. I don't. Ooh. I do not care. Um, you know, I've always i've I've been saying that like they should they should they should get with whoever creates those images. So what we're talking about, listeners, if y'all aren't unfamiliar, somebody on the internet has gone and taken like Moon Knight comic panels and has redone the dialogue and they've created this like loose narrative where Moon Knight's just a fucking psycho like <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it like more so than he normally is I was about to say, a, he's already kind of unhinged in a really funny way and one of the things is he's been hunting down Dracula because Dracula has some amount of money of his <laughs> and I don't know if it would be funny or if it was $15 or if it was like $15 million but that's part of the thread. I think Marvel should should team up with that guy and just release like a, a hardcover book of all of those things. I think it would be. I would buy it. It's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can also just reach market. That that's just good. You that's can just true. read them on the internet for free. But I would buy. You know, you bind it, put it in a nice cover, like dust jacket. Ooh, thick binding. Some good binding. Uh, if you're gonna go thick binding, you definitely don't want glue. You're gonna want sewn <laughs> binding. And uh, that's a little later, nerds. That's a little <laughs> omnibus corner we're going to drop into at some point, maybe. Ooh, get a good um, <laughs> just crickets is probably the drop you want. It's cash register, cash register, cash register, and then like a sad sound. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, like yeah, the opposite of this. <laughs> oh, man. The opposite of the pure, unbridled joy of an anime girl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man, she she got awesome. she got some banana nut bread she never had banana nut bread before. <laughs> Blowing her mind. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see what are we talking about this week. Um, for, wait, before I get into that, how how are you doing, man? How are you? It's can't take it for granted. We're we're still here. <laughs> you, you you can take it for granted, which is what I misheard it for uh, as uh, for many years growing cool. up. Dumb person. Uh, <laughs> you don't I mean, want to. You don't want to take it for shale. You don't want to take it for, for like you know, in, 
igneous rock, you want to take for granite, though. Granite yeah. is good. You can make a good uh, hard top that's, out of that's it. That's an even trade. You can yeah. get a good countertop going. Fine. Make a kitchen island. Yeah, maintaining, I think, uh, is my mood for 2020. Just trying, trying to dog paddle. Trying to see if my buoyancy still will let, see if the universe still accepts my buoyancy on water. Not a given. Nope. Not in 2020. Yeah, I'm just floating on my back at this point. I have <laughs> I'm not even moving my arms. Like I have no direction. It is <laughs> it is literally just wherever the the current is taking me, and I'm just like path of least resistance. <laughs> We're all mo- modest mouse in it. We're all just even if it's down. even if it leads to death. Just whatever. Just <laughs> just let it go. de mort then millennial joie de mort. Yeah, joie de mort. That's right. <laughs> Do you think that's why they call him Morty? Like in Rick and Morty? Oh, uh, probably. No, Maybe? no, it's probably because it's close to Marty. Oh, yeah. It's a real doc in Marty. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I'm doing okay. Same. I mean, kind of the same. Like, you know, just oh. uh, COVID cases are spiking here in Texas. As we slowly resemble a more Cronenberg world, Marty. <laughs> oh gee i don't know rick uh maybe we should wear a mask you know like people say people are saying this we should we should do that you know the government says we should do it you always uh, say do what the government says morty what a uh, fucking herb i mean summer just died like two seconds ago so i don't you know i don't know <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah that's the kind of world we're living in right now um it's it's uh you know Thanksgiving's coming up next week I think I don't know what time is anymore so I th- like I thought about it I was like Halloween was like last week right nope that was like a month ago <laughs> I think I, last week the election because we're recording on a Saturday right last week is when they called the election for Biden and we celebrated like the second Death Star blew up yeah man talk about okay like. One, like just one. it's it's been one it's it's been one week since Biden won the election. It's been three days since I watched the Mandalorian. Bug <laughs> uh, no, buns on both money. There you go. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> I know, don't act like I didn't memorize that song, man. Yeah, I, I I no look look. Okay, if there were a scenario where somebody was like, Alfred, you will die. Unless somebody can sing One Week or whatever the hell that song is by nope. Bare Naked Ladies top to bottom without missing a, a single syllable, <laughs> I guarantee you I would phone you immediately. <laughs> the, the, this, this episode of Cash Cab has gone very wrong. Yeah. <laughs> You've anteed up too many times. <laughs> I'm going to win, man. We're going to keep going till we get out. Oh, my God. Um <laughs> but uh yeah thanksgiving is next week everyone please stay safe uh i think i saw that they're recommending to not gather in groups of larger than six or eight yeah man uh, fuck it let's just have a mukbang thanksgiving let's just do facetime and like uh fucking chow down together like that it's I, yeah the kids like it it's fine you know i it's what you know honestly let's just i saw a meme the other day it was like Let's have a safe, socially distanced Thanksgiving so that everyone can be present at the Christmas or whatever. Uh, I, I feel like that's where we need to, our minds need to be, and our hearts, and all the rest of us. I don't know. Not trying to get too, uh, I don't know. 
I don't know where I'm going with this, but just you know, everyone be safe, please. Um, things are getting kind of kind of hairy out there. Yeah. Um, but but it's as if you know, last year we had we had Watchmen, we had Mandalorian, yep. um, we had what else did we have? Uh, there the was that of... one movie, uh, fucking uh, uh, Bubsy, Bubsy 3D. Bubsy 3D. They took the hit 3DO game, uh-huh. made it into a movie. Trying to start the 3DO verse. 3DO verse. Um, with else? Gecko, with Gex. Gex. <laughs> Gex the Gecko. Um, <laughs> but we're having a little bit of a repeat. Right when we need it the most. Mandalorian's back. We're going to be talking about that in a little bit. Um, Wonder Woman 84. Huge news. Like crazy news and we're definitely going to get into like the implications of what they've decided to do with that it's real interesting uh <laughs> i just read what you put for the slack baby oats takes a fat shit <laughs> look man spoilers but if he's gonna do you think do you think when he uh when he finishes does he do I mean, legitimately, it's uh, Disney Plus is airing it, so they're not going to show any of it. But if it was HBO Max, they can go into graphic detail and assure you, everybody who has a baby Yoda plush will be making that sound. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we're going to be talking about Mandalorian. We're going to talk about Deadpool three. Pretty big Deadpool three news. Oh, that's what DP three means. I was okay. I was like, oh my. I was. I had two different tabs open. All right. All right. Okay. Cool. Just make sure you mute one at least one of them. Which one is up to you? Constantine 2 news, possibly? Look, I'm going to take this one big grain of salt. It's a big maybe here, but we're going to talk about it. A little um, bit of Ray Jepsen there. Some, some uh, call us maybe. Yeah, call us, yes. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't, don't, <laughs> don't cash cab bet on us on this one. You're going to end up in a weird scenario where Chris is going to have to sing one week. And, you know, how many Boilermakers has he had? That's the that's the game you're playing at that point. Uh, we got something called Heckblazer, and if you don't know what that is, um, we're going to tell you. We're going to tell you what it is. We have a um, very Spider-centric... Wow, actually, even if looking at all three of these people, are Spider-Man related in some fashion? You think? Uh, casting Corner, real nice. Um, and we've got a Key Issues, and... Uh, you know, we're bringing back that segment, Key Issues. We're going to talk about the future of DC Publishing. And um, what they've proposed is very interesting. And we're going to have, like, an actual just live conversation about it. We haven't prepped anything uh, prior. We're just going to go into it and see what comes out of the oven. Just rough record and raw, baby. Ooh. Got a honey glaze. I'm stuck on the turkey stuff, man. I'm thinking about Thanksgiving. I want those rolls. That's really all I care about. Just give me some good rolls. <laughs> this is the um, crescent basket. Just set the crescent basket in front of you. Yep. Please. Please and thank you. All right. Wonder Woman 84. Wow. So, you know, we had Tenant. We had Mulan. Oh, boy, did we have Tenant. We had Mulan. And... They did, they did different, different distribution, distribution strategies, strategies for those, for those movies. movies. Where They're, Disney, Disney did, did Mulan on Disney, Disney Plus, Plus, and you could buy it for $30, and Tenet was in the movie theaters, right? So, 
Wonder Woman 84, Warner Brothers, again, this is Warner Brothers, these people that did Tenet, they're doing something real interesting here. Um, initially, we heard that, I mean, the movie got pushed back to Christmas Day in, in theaters, right? And then we heard, well, maybe it's going to get pushed back to January. Mm-hmm. And then we heard... <laughs> <laughs> It was and really we, weird. The next thing that came out was all release dates in the future, uh, uh, past this time, past the present day, whenever you read it, are in a quantum state. We don't know if they're actually going to happen or if they're actually not going to happen. Right. They've also happened and not happened at the same time, is <laughs> is the really how you got to think about it. It's already out, guys. Um, but no, they, they, did, they did something nobody kind of thought they were going to do, and it's sort of unprecedented. And we're going to talk about the reper- the possible repercussions of this. Mm. They're going to release Wonder Woman 84 Christmas Day, national theater chain release. But if you have HBO Max, it's going to be simultaneously released on HBO Max. Hey. Same cut of the film, same everything. And they're just saying, all right, people, you you pick what you want to do. So, Chris, I want to know, what are your thoughts on this distribution strategy? Uh, What are your initial thoughts here? That's a hell of a way to do market research, right? (laughs) It's an expensive way to do it. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I think uh, there's a lot of upside to this, right? Because you have your traditional distribution system, which is going to theaters. And, I mean, that's very much the old gods. Uh, Sure. Those those weeping trees that the Starks always pray to. Yeah. but I, I don't know. I think I'm going to I'm going to actually call it that. Yeah, they're going to make a lot of bank on HBO Max subscriptions that day because like, I, what do I need to do this? Oh, fucking HBO Max. We don't have that. All right. Let's get, let's get that real quick. I'm sure it's going to be an introductory rate for like, um, oh, wait, wait, no, you probably they haven't like done a price point, have they? It's 15, I think. Like on top of the service already or just to get the service? Like, I think it's just the service. Okay. It's just a f- one fee. So I was thinking, like, you might have to have this service and then pay, like, a ticket fee for the movie itself or something like I don't that. think that's what they're doing, though. No. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's just 15. I think it's just if you have the service, well, shit. it's going to yeah. be there. I think they're going to bank a lot of new subscriptions that exact day. It's, uh, I, don't, I think it's that kind of the wave. It's the future. It's almost like we wanted this for a while now, and... um. I guess it was just like the contract how it was written for Tenant. Um, they couldn't really get around digital distribution like because it was already set in stone what they were going to do. Um, so we had to tempt fate to see it. But it was, uh, I mean, I, I think this will at least give the studio kind of suits a little bit of more backbone to say, okay, we can actually dive fully into the streaming model. That, it, that we can, I mean, it's it's viable. Do you think that's why they're still going? Because, like, for me, if it were me, now, granted, I'm not the multimillionaire head of a, of a movie studio, but if it were me, you know, granted, I like to take big swings. You've played fantasy basketball with me. You know that I draft ridiculous players in the third round when I shouldn't. We all, we all have seen me do that. Draft Evan Harris over MVP Steve Nash. What? Um, but... I like to take big swings. So for me, this is a little bit of a half measure. And I think I know, I think I get it because all of these studio heads are old school dudes, right? They're old school ladies and dudes, whatever. Right. 
they they are going to hold on to the old studio model of distribution because that's what they know. And so it's almost like putting a safety net under it. Like, well, we're at least going to release it in the theaters. We know they're not open all, all everywhere, but that's at least in place. And, you know, we want to give people that experience because that's what everyone's used to. Right. But if it were me, this is what I would do. And I, not that I should be giving them ideas to, like, make things more expensive for us, but... Yeah, this is what I would do. I would I would say, I wouldn't even... Because also, it's just, like, cases are the highest they've been right now. That they've been, I think, all-time high. Or they're, like, tied with, like, the record highs right now all over the country. Yeah. Um, look, look, just don't even give people the opportunity to go out to the movie theaters. I mean, granted, most theaters here in San Antonio, they... They're they're being really good about distancing everything, and there's never a lot of people like ever. There's like there have been multiple times that I've gone with Lib, and we were the only two people there. Yeah, that's happened three times. <laughs> it's the Wild West out here. You a couple of popcorn cowboys out there. Yeah, it's just us, and we're just literally have the whole the whole auditorium to ourselves. I was like, okay, <laughs> it's cool, and that's fine, and that's really kind of the only circumstance under which we'll we'll go, mm. but. You know, if I'm if I'm thinking financially here, I would do a thing where it's like, okay, we're not even going to do the theater thing. Forget that. Mm. I get why they also have to do it because you don't want to lose that distribution model altogether either. Hopefully, right. COVID, we figure this thing out. You're going to need movie theaters, like, you know, that's a heavy financial uh, revenue stream for them. But what I would do is I would say one, no free trials for HBO Max. You, you right. take that out. For sure, which I think they've already done. But you take that out, and then you go, okay, it's fifteen dollars a month. But starting, I don't know, uh, Christmas Day or December first, you have to buy it three months at a time. Oh. So, so you lock in at forty-five dollars for three yeah. months. You're locked in, but you're guaranteed Wonder Woman eighty-four. You say you're locked in. Locked in. Yeah, where's Adam Silver at? <laughs> By the way, was it you? Was it you that was like, who let Nosferatu out of this? Dude, <laughs> what? definitely me. Yeah. Jesus. I think you just replied, wow. Yeah. It was just, <laughs> and it wasn't the happy wow. It was like the, oh, wow. No, it, was, it, it, it wasn't anime girl wow. It wasn't. No. Yeah, no, I don't, man, you can't do that to me. I don't have it, like. It wasn't. There you go. It wasn't even the Owen Wilson wow. It wasn't, it wasn't wow. It was uh it was wow. it was like why is he taking stray shots from you, man? Like what man, what did he do to deserve that? It's free smoke, anybody can get it. I don't know. Sure, sure, I, sure, sure. I, yeah. The you definitely need to keep old distribution lines, if nothing for the sake of optimism, right? We're gonna be somewhat sure. normal again one day and you need theaters in place. But I, I yeah, I think it's the some hopeful hopefully some millennial executive said like oh, I need I already know the right answer the right answer is push streaming heavy because we're still going to have the old distribution models because brick and mortar is not going anywhere um, right but let them have their idea fail and let them see it fail for themselves and then go to what I said in the first place sure try to do it digitally or try to compensate at least digitally some some slick executive millennial probably package it that way let's let's compensate our perceived losses by doing it digitally too right yeah, and then not only that, 
it, it now when it comes to releasing the film uh you know on blu-ray 4k even digitally to own down the road what you do then is you is you advertise the bonus features, the deleted scenes, interviews with the actors and the directors and the writers. You start reinvesting into films that way. Yeah. And and you push those bonuses as like, yeah, we know you saw it on HBO Max, but here's all this shit that you didn't get. And if you buy the movie, now you get all the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean it's it's right there, right? I mean you can do the I love the whole like it's if it's a really bad movie it's a family friendly movie if it's Otis and Milo seventeen uh, they include like a free ticket to another movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> I love that movie it's like I know this movie's dog shit I know he just wanted to get your kids like out of your hair for a second here's something that, here's tickets to another movie right go see James Bond or whatever <laughs> um, yeah so it's gonna be really interesting to see how this plays out I mean we're gonna know we're gonna know in about a month you yeah. know oh, God, does fucking does this work out? Look, I, as a fan of this stuff, I just want to watch it. Yeah. You know, even if it's bad, which I don't think it's going to be bad. I think it's going to be pretty good, if not great. But I just want to watch it. Like, yeah. just, just let me watch it. I mean, you know. Weird move on Wonder Brothers' part, not giving us that special screening that we had back in May, like, for the counterpart Black Widow movie. Sure. Uh, I mean. Well, I mean, we do, we do fucking drag... DC and Warner Brothers a lot. I didn't know they listened though. I mean, I know Fines is listening. That's why we got the special invite. But I didn't know Snyder was listening. Fucking, fucking Snyder. Can we talk for a second, real quick, about the goddamn Justice League series? Or the Jesus Christ, now? what's the, what's the budget at now? Like we remade Steppenwolf's character model completely. <laughs> he looks completely different. Like I think I'm not joking. I think the last number I saw was 75 million plus. Jesus fucking Christ. For this, for this, like. There wasn't supposed to be any new footage, anything. They've somehow managed to throw another $75 million into this project. This is insane. Look, I'm excited for it. I'm sure I'm going to watch it. Okay? I am going to watch it. We're probably we're going to watch it. Oh, I'm going to watch gonna, it right. We're going to talk about it. But, like, also, somebody needs to say no to somebody somewhere. <laughs> like, yeah. Holy what shit. What is happening? Rain it in. You know, I don't know. But, like, that's the other thing. They could time the release of that Justice League thing. So, like, again, I give the three-month model, right? You, you're locked in. $45 you get for three months. Oh, not okay. only are you getting Wonder Woman, but you're getting... Well, no, I would do, I would do it this way. Again, just execs take money. They want money. <laughs> you time it so that just as that three-month period is ending, maybe two weeks after that, that's when Justice League episode one airs. And then you got to re-up for three more months. $45. Oh, but you're uh, guaranteed the Justice League series. There you go, man. All and right. they'll guarantee that you get the whole series in that three months or whatever. Yeah. Like one Brooks Brothers suit from a uh, from board from here. <laughs> hey, man. You know. I, you know, it's, it's just, uh, you know, I don't want to I don't want to destroy people's lives is the only thing holding me back, really. <laughs> Um, all right. So we'll, we'll definitely yeah, let you guys. <laughs> What's that? I was going to do a segue. Terrible segue. Speaking of destroying lives. Oh man. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have a review for wonder woman once it hits. Uh, let me ask you this, Chris. I mean, if you feel like 
you can share you want to share yeah, yeah how do you plan on 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 experiencing this film are you going to do it uh, at home or are you going to try to go to a movie theater at some point oh no shit yeah i'm gonna do it at home yeah i, I gotta i mean it's not like the best but it's not it, i mean it's not slacking either the tv looks fine uh yeah. so <laughs> i'm just gonna i'm gonna chill out on the couch and watch wonder woman yeah, I invested heavy in a nice TV about a year ago, so I'm I'm good to go, man. Like I'm ready, I'm yeah. excited. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll definitely have a review for Wonder Woman '84, and we'll also, you know, monitor how the film does financially. Um, films need to do well because they're one of the uh, last bastions of entertainment that we have right now, where there can be new creative stuff out there mm. for us to enjoy. Um, you know. The Mandalorian, which we're about to talk about, um, even the way that they film that show is changing the way shows can be made and films can be made, even in a quarantine, mm-hmm. uh, even in a, in a situation like this pandemic. So, you know, we definitely need to I'm not saying just watch shitty movies to give people money so that it doesn't go away. <laughs> but like if it's good, like sh- let people know that it's good and, and, yeah. and do it with your dollar kind of thing. All right, let's talk about, um, you know, again, we talked about him this way last year, too. Uh, just just the Rodimus Prime lighting our darkest hour. <laughs> Baby Yoda just holding the Matrix of Leadership up in the air. Stan Bush is just he's wailing in the background. Uh, you got the power! Uh, that was worth the wait. Wow. Yeah, it wasn't quite yeah, but it was close. <laughs> um, all right, so episode four of the second season of The Mandalorian uh, was just released on Friday. Spoiler warning, we're only going to cover the first three episodes in this episode of our podcast, but we are going to talk about things that happened in those three episodes. So, you know, if you haven't watched it, first of all, what are you doing? Go watch Watch The Mandalorian. Mm. It's great. Um, season one, if you haven't seen it, and then whatever part of season two. We're going to talk about the first three episodes, though. Um, just a, just a, you know, again, uh, not bearing the lead here. Just a great time. Oh, yeah. The show is just a great. It's. Let me ask you this. Do you think that the reason this show is so successful and just feels right in a way that like George Lucas himself was not able to do in the prequels that on some level, JJ Abrams and Ryan Johnson and JJ Abrams again failed to do on some level in their sequel trilogy uh, for to varying degrees, depending on who you talk to. But what is it? Is it just the magical partnership of Dave Filoni and John, um, Favreau. Hmm. That like, it's like, cause Dave Filoni is like the gatekeeper of all star Wars knowledge. Right. And, and I feel like keeps things very grounded. And I think it's, I think, cause you look at his like rebels and, 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 uh, clone wars, the anime series he did, the narrative structures of those shows is so well done. And it's so tight and everything feeds into everything else. It's, I mean, it's very like 
to give it a, a live action counterpart, those shows feel a lot like something like Breaking Bad, like okay. where, where everything just feels so meticulously put together. And then John Favreau is just this like literal fan of Star Wars and the joy of Star Wars is so uh, pre- uh, prevalent and just so apparent in the things that he touches within the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Do you think it's that relationship that makes this show so good? Or what, what are your thoughts on that? What do you think makes this thing just keep bombing away with really great content? Right. Yeah. I think that's a kind of a notion we kind of like uh, talked about before, at least with uh, the Russo brothers in the MCU is mm-hmm. that uh, <laughs> they need to be draft compatible or, or the uh, drift compatible. Drift compatible. Yeah. Drift yeah. Yeah. Compatible. Not like horses, horses draft. No drift compatible. Um, <laughs> also Devin Fassell draft compatible with the San Antonio Spurs. <laughs> Wait. No, not that one. God damn it. This one. Man, don't you put what? that fucking Hawkeye juju on the Spurs, man. <laughs> they don't need it. I don't know. We, as I can I could stand to see the Spurs do a little bit of Ronin stuff this year. Uh, just fucking hack their way through the competition. Just, you might not win the game, but you can win the fight. Just uh, like just like punch Kawhi in the face. Hell yeah, man. Fucking New Balance. Bah, right there. Okay, uh, side tangent because we like to do these basketball tangents on the show. So the sixth man of the year, Montres uh, Monte Ellis, uh, Montres Hazel. I'm not saying his name right right now. I don't know why I can't think of his name. Montres Hazel, Hazel, whatever. Mar- he was the sixth man of the year. Montres Hazel, Montres Hazel, Hazel. He's he's on the Clippers. Sixth man of the year last year. Montrezel Harrell, Montrezel Harrell. That's his name. <laughs> Is that his name? Did you say? Are, did you say it wrong on purpose? No, 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 no. I, I just, yeah, Montrezel Harrell. Montrezel, Montrezel Harrell. That's what they call him, Montrezel Harrell. Okay. So, okay, six man of the year for the Clippers last year, but just signed with the Lakers for only nine million dollars. Keep in mind, he's he was the six man of the year last year. And my thought is because he hates Kawhi Leonard that much. He just hates being around <laughs> Kawhi Leonard. He's like, this dude keeps stealing my apples. <laughs> I'm out of here. He literally stayed in the same city and was like, no, nah, I'm just going to go over here. Same arena. Join this team for less money. Yeah, in same arena. I don't know. I just think that's funny. All you, yeah. all you, all you basketball heads out there are going <laughs> to care about that. Everyone else is going to be like, y'all need to stop talking about basketball. Um, no, what I do think, you? What I do think it's like the ability to like share the load right kind of Sam and Frodo style yeah. it's kind of necessary in these big kind of kind of big production things like just to be able yeah. to bounce ideas off each other um I mean I know like Ryan Justin has like a writing partner he does that with too so mm-hmm. like it, I mean people people need to have some feedback and um it's great well, and you can like merge two ideas into one and if you look at like Empire Strikes Back right another bastion of greatness that As- people refer to Kasdan, right? Kasdan and Lucas wasn't just yep. one person. Yep. Um, yeah, so it's just a thought I had. I'm not saying like, and I'm not even saying that I'm the only person that's thought that. But you know, I was watching The Mandalorian, the, the newest episode the other day, and I was just like, man, why is how is this show so good? Where like they've pumped hundreds of millions of dollars into these movies and they don't get it right. <laughs> like they they yeah. they get stuff wrong or they get a lot of stuff wrong or. It and why? Like, uh, why is that? You least, know, but yeah, the rise of Skywalker's pants uh, really felt like uh, a bunch of Kingdom Hearts missions kind of strung together. <laughs> I like, know there was some in, indecipherable plot 
point that we needed to do this for, and we're here now. All right, 15 minutes has passed. Let's go to somewhere else. All right, 15 minutes has passed. Let's go to somewhere else. It, it, was, it was just too much. And, like, I don't need all that exposition. I don't need to buy five Game Boy Advance games to understand the next half sequel of whatever fucking game you got coming. It's weird. Um, I mean, they were really flexing when they were, like, uh, Sounds of Key Heart Dumb 1.3. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? Get out of here. 1.3. Just fucking fuck write you. your goddamn story. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, by it the way. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, I, I was gonna say. I was gonna wrap up by saying it. The reason why I think Mandalorian feels like kind of rewatching the original trilogy a lot to me, at least, is that um, you're discovering exactly what else populates this universe. Uh, mm-hmm. We really got uh, three people that were supposed to follow along in Rise of Skywalker's pants, and then in this one, it's like, who the fuck knows is gonna happen around the next corner, right? I mean. That's that's what I always want to happen in Star Wars. It's just make use of the galaxy that you've imagined. Anything Absol- is possible. Absolutely, I completely agree. So real quick, I watched also watched. There's a thing on Disney Plus called Lego Star Wars Holiday Special, <laughs> and it 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 pokes fun at the original Star Wars Holiday Special, of course, but it also pokes pretty pointedly at Rise of Skywalker. Nice. Uh, which is which is really interesting to see. I kind of think the other thing that makes the Mandalorian so good and so enjoyable for for the just the regular people that watch it is they treat with Mandalorian as kind of being our point of view character. They treat the Star Wars universe as this wild, unwieldy, unwielding thing, unruly thing where like. That was kind of the thing, like, looking back at Rise of Skywalker, like, Finn or just anyone, Poe or Rey, everyone is just so, like, oh, yeah, this is normal. Like, all the weird shit that happens that they're having to deal with. They fly now. They're like, they're like we're on an adventure. We got this. It's no problem. We, it's, you know, n- nothing surprises them. They don't seem confounded by anything, whereas Mandalorian is constantly just like, what the fuck is going on i'm just trying to get this baby to this place i don't even know where we're going i just know we have to go there and all yeah, this stuff yeah. keeps getting in the way and it's it's i don't want it like and he's not about it but i think that's important like what was this conversation with the armor he's like you want me to find these space wizards yeah <laughs> that we used to fight with forever ago all right i guess but but, but the, you know so that's why i think i think Kind of like Han Solo in the original trilogy, you're grounded with a character that's not willing to accept everything just on face value. Like, they're sus about everything. They're playing Among Us, and they're sus about it. I mean, he saw that one. He saw Baby Yoda using Vent. Yeah. What can you do? Um, are you? Do- <laughs> Never mind. Uh, all right, let's let's go ahead and move forward. We'll we'll continue to cover no, 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 cover no, 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 no. I want to talk about Baby shit. So. Okay. You want to talk? Oh, say? you want to? Gonna... No, I was I was gonna try to make an Among Us reference, but then oh. I I just stopped myself. Uh, what do you think genocide tastes like? What do I think? What genocide? What do you think genocide tastes like? Cause that's the that's the Twitter run I was seeing. Like everybody's like, cancel Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda's committing genocide. That's the last uh, spawn of the eggs that that lady's gonna have. And he's just fucking downing them. 
Yeah, he's down in like they're covered in Sichuan sauce. Like, <laughs> it's, you know, here's the thing. Baby Yoda's a dick, okay? <laughs> Am I going to get canceled for that? Fine. I'm saying it, though. He's a dick. He's a baby. He's 50. You know, he should know better. He doesn't. I don't know. Maybe Mandalorian's not teaching. I've kind of noticed the other day. I was like, you know, I don't think the Mandalorian's really teaching Baby Yoda a lot of manners. You know, he's he's kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I was a little bit worried because there was that uh, previously on the Mandalorian whatever segment where it like made a point of showing Baby Yoda almost force choking somebody. And I was like, oh, <laughs> going to turn a heel turn. For Baby Yoda right now? <laughs> yeah. So you're going to pull a Roman Reigns. He's going to start going around going, I'm the Master Chief or I'm the King of the Chiefs or whatever the hell he says. Um, I don't know, man. Survivor Series is tomorrow, but I'm real confused. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. I, I think, I feel like the writers of The Mandalorian were, ju- were just like, how far can we push baby yoda into straight up heel territory <laughs> and still have people love him oh a little bit of a, a cat playing with the food type of deal yeah so i'm with it you know i but look i called him out i was like what do you baby yoda what the fuck are you stop it like stop being those oh, stop baby, hiding what is you doing he, no baby he, like what do you like he hid one in his coat yeah yeah pop that's <laughs> That's messed up, man. <laughs> I, I wonder what the street value is for uh, frog eggs like that. I mean, it's not like he's selling them. Yeah, no. I mean, it's, if it's that good, then whoo, we're talking like, you know, we're talking Kobe or better. Yeah. I mean, it's so, you know, I just, I don't know. For me, it's like Baby Yoda, like, take. I guess he just took a bite of the first egg and then he was like, there it is. <laughs> and he just couldn't stop. He couldn't stop him. <laughs> Survival can, of a species. You can only help to get him. Lunch. Lib actually made a great point, though. And I got to agree with this. Look, frog lady, little bit on you. Put a fucking lock on the top yeah. of your thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if these eggs are so fragile that you're not gonna, they're not going to like last the jump to hyperspace, maybe keep them in your lap. Uh, don't just like check them. Maybe put them on the carry-on. Yeah, carry-on luggage. You can bring two things. <laughs> don't don't put them on the don't put them in the cargo <laughs> area. All right, we'll we'll leave it there. But we're gonna you know we'll touch on more Mandalorian uh, episodes later as they come out. Let's talk about more fantastic things to look forward to. All right, so Deadpool three is happening now. A big question that we've all had is, well, you know, Disney owns Fox now and all the Fox properties, so all the X-Men stuff, all the Deadpool stuff. We've always kind of assumed that they're just going to, like, wipe away all the X-Men stuff. Uh, But Deadpool is such a cash cow, and it's such a popular character, and the movies have been so... There you go. Been so well received that, like, what was Disney going to do? Are they going to forsake all that free money? (laughs) Look, we're talking about Disney. There's no way they're forsaking free money, man. And here we go. Looks like Deadpool 3 is moving forward at Disney with new writers. Mm. And so I think the interesting thing here is, and let me pull it up. Um, so I, I guess, you know, Ryan Reynolds, of course, is is going to still be involved uh, both as an actor and as a producer on the on the film. Um 
but the writing team is going to be a different writing team, and it's actually it's it's two women. It's Wendy uh, Molyneux and Lizzie Molyneux. Okay. And with Lizzie Molyneux, Leo Glenn. Lo Glenn. I don't know how you say her last name. L-O-E-G-L-I-N. Whatever. Um, but here's the thing. So people are like, well, who are these? Who are these? Who are these broads? Like it's a 19... <laughs> 1920s radio show. Uh, bang! Pow! To the moon! Um, so they apparently have been um, prominent writers on Bob's Burgers for several years. Um which to me is great. Like, uh, now granted, I haven't seen every Bob's Burgers episode, but I've seen a lot of them. It's really good. It's very funny. Uh, it's got a very distinctive humor uh, style to it. Very butt based. It's a lot of butt based, especially when Gene's involved. A lot of butt. A lot of butt when you know when uh, Ryan Reynolds is involved too, though. So mm. you know, it kind of goes hand in hand, or butt to butt, cheek to cheek, if you will. There we go. Cheek and cheek. Um. So I, I kind of like thinking if you take the humor of Bob's Burgers and then, you know, port it over to a Deadpool script, I feel like they could do it. I'm not guaranteeing that they're going to nail it, but I'm pretty confident that, yeah, they could probably they could probably pump something out. That's that's pretty, pretty great. Um, but the, the more important thing is, we you know, we definitively know now that that Disney feels comfortable enough. To do a Deadpool movie, which have both been like very hard R films, yeah, <laughs> uh, that's the big question. Pardon me, that's the big question. Moving forward for me is ultimately, what is the rating going to be? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think I'm kind of cool on that, like, um, because this is Ryan Reynolds's baby, uh, more so than Aviation Gin, which he sold off for like a cool Billy or something like that. Did he uh, sell it off? Yeah, he cashed in heavy. Uh, oh man, that was right. I guess. Um, Jesus. Yeah. It, it. If he's involved in the project, ain't no way this is gonna get like watered down. I think. Um, and if, as long as I heard that he's still on board, like I mean, he was the one responsible for the first one getting made. He leaked the the footage, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I they, I saw him in the interview the other day. He was like, I don't know who ever leaked that fo- footage, but. God bless them. It's like, yeah, dude, it was fucking you. We all we all know it was you. <laughs> yeah, as long as he's involved in the project, especially as producer, because uh, that carries a lot of weight now. Um, sure. Uh, he he's he's got the acumen. I mean, he, he like any argument that a, a Disney exec would try to make to kind of you know tamper it down to kind of make it a little bit more Disney Plus streaming friendly, he'll be like, I made, uh, I, I made the first two myself. I almost saved Fox Studios. Yeah. On my own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With you using like you know the fourth string X Men. Yeah. Guess Sonic Teenage Warhead. What Mega Mega Sonic Teenage Warhead? Yeah. Like nobody knows who that is. <laughs> um. Wh- what do you What do you think they're gonna do with this film? Do you? Because I feel like they could go two different ways. Mm. I've heard a rumor that they're trying to do a script where it's going to essentially take place during Endgame. Oh. And they're going to connect different scenes from the actual movie and work them into a Deadpool film. Um, So where he's maybe a background player in certain things or we see things from his perspective. Huh. Um, And I think that could be really interesting. Um, I wonder if that kind of motif would wear out very quickly 
maybe. But um, the other thing that somebody has pitched is like being crazy super meta with it. Mm hmm. And him knowing he's from a Fox Studio film. Oh shit! <laughs> and like knowing that he can't, like that every time he cusses, it bleeps out. Like they made it, make it PG thirteen. Oh, essentially. they do the they do the good place thing. Holy forking shirt balds. Yeah, and then he's just like, what? What? Like he like looks around like, what? Oh what is man, that? that'd be so clever. So. Oh fuck, I like that a lot. So I kind of I like that. I like that yeah. idea. Now I don't I don't know the way I've heard it. Those things are exclusive from one another. Mm. The incorporating him into Endgame right. stuff and then the PG-13 thing. Those are two separate ideas. I don't know why you couldn't put them together if you really wanted to. And I think if you did that, now you're not leaning on that motif so much and maybe it doesn't wear out. What do you think? Yeah, no. Um, I think I like that a lot. I mean, because what better way? Like, I, I kind of actually do want to know, did Deadpool survive the snap? Did, did he get blipped out? Right, and, and that's if, that's going to be part of it. Did survive it. Then is he, like, carrying the load? <laughs> like, gotta fucking do everything myself and starts kind of trying to take care of everybody on his own? That'd be well, kind of fun. And not, not only that, I kind of think that maybe they do the they do the snap and maybe all the mutants go away. Oh. Except for him. Oh, okay. So now he's, like, he goes to Charles Xavier's school and there's no one there. And he goes <laughs> to, like... You know, the many trains that have been in X-Men films and no one's there. <laughs> um, or whatever, what have you, you yeah. know. Um, there's a lot of potential. Yeah, if we're doing Endgame stuff, that means Thanos stuff. That means, can we incorporate Lady Death, maybe? And maybe yeah. maybe Deadpool started to get kind of, like, dissolved away, but then he kind of reconstituted, and then he had, like, a, some crazy vision that Death was like, oh, I think you're interesting. I think you're, for some reason, we couldn't take you. And we get that whole thread and maybe leading to some weird shit in the future. Yeah. All I know is if they end up doing an endgame thing and they snap him or whatever, if they don't put him in a like matrix style white room <laughs> at some point, then it's all for nothing. Like you have to do that. You have to put Deadpool in a white room. Um, and just have him like walk around and be like, hello, hello, hello. You know, or whatever. I think that would be really cool. Yeah. Um, all right. We uh, let's see. We talked about some Star Wars stuff, which is Disney. We talked about Deadpool, which is now Disney. Now we're swinging back over to DC and Warner Brothers because we like to play fairsies <laughs> here on comic book characters. Um, did you did you see a Bill and Ted face the music? No, not yet. Okay, I saw it. It's it's good. It's not like it's not revolutionary or anything, but it's a fun time and it's it's you can tell it's kind of a labor of love, I feel. And, you know, it, it's good. Well, that also kind of with the resurgence of Keanu Reeves from John Wick and I don't know, just being a really cool guy and people are acknowledging that he's just a really cool dude, which is great. That's fine. Um, there have now been talks of Constantine 2 coming back now that's kind of interesting because now granted i liked constantine okay there's a mid-2000s film that came out gavin rosendale's in it from bush yeah <laughs> for some reason uh i think shia labeouf is in it if i remember correctly um 
there's my my favorite portrayal of like Lucifer or Satan of uh, that I've ever seen. Yes, is in that film. It's so good. Yes, it's so. If if you haven't seen Constantine, you need to see that film just for all the Lucifer scenes. <laughs> they're they're so so fantastic. That iconic um, outfit too, just the white suit with the like the black tar kind of yeah dripping off a little, little bit. Yeah, it's so oh it's so good. Um. But it's actually that actor. Uh, his name is Peter Stomeyer. Oh my goodness! What? Stormare. Stormare. What did I say? Stomeyer. Stomeyer. <laughs> um, he apparently has come out and said that yeah, it's in the works. Now I, I looked at the article and it's a kind of a stretch. Essentially, what he said was that he talked to the director the main producer and Keanu and that they were all on board that if they were to get greenlit, they would immediately jump into it and, and do it. Oh, that's ifs. But, but like, it didn't sound like there was any kind of real deal in the works (laughs) based on the article that I read. Now, maybe, maybe, maybe there is more traction there than I'm led to believe, but it is nice to know that like the main star one of the main actors, the the you know producer and the director are definitely all on board and you know, willing and want wanting to do it. Also, I think that the director is um, one of the directors of the Hunger Games, so you would think that that person would have some cachet uh, in Hollywood to to be like, yeah, let's do this. Everyone loves Keanu Reeves. I fucking made Hunger Games. Let's let's do this. Like, why would anyone stand in the way of that? Um, what would you like to see? Okay, let me ask you this. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. You get one, one Justice League dark character ah. to feature in a Constantine two ah. film, Constantine sequel film. Who you got? Fuck. God damn it! This is a very hard question because there's the demon rhyming dude who only speaks in couplets, and that's just yes. fucking funny. That's great. Uh, I forget his name now. Demon's so great. It's just the demon. <laughs> okay, the demon. Uh, you got Etrigan. 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 Yeah, yeah. I, I knew yeah, it was something Etrigan. like um, some fantasy bullshit. Uh, <laughs> there's Etrigan, the demon. Uh, there's fucking Zatanna. God damn it. Oh yeah. <sighs> and then uh. It's got fishnets. I mean, uh, I, I like to see the prestige, if you know what I mean. And then um, <laughs> and then then there's also the fucking house in general. Can you claim that as a character? Yeah, I guess you could. The whole, uh, I don't know. Uh, you also got Swamp Thing. It's fucking Swamp Thing, yeah, man. You've got Dead Man. This I mean, there's... a good question. <laughs> I go Zatanna. I go, you need, like, a, a second lead that's just as fucking important and strong as Constantine to kind of get shit done. Mm-hmm. Like, Do you God think... Damn it. If... The, 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 the play between Swamp Thing and, and Constantine just... <laughs> so I'm thinking, yeah. I was like, I know what you're doing, fucking asshole. I'll do it, but I don't like it. That that's a that's a real good vibe to play off too. Yeah. Also, with the pandemic going on, you can really lean into Swan thing like hating humans kind of. Oh yeah. Kind of vibe that he's got, yeah. like just lean real hard into that. He's like the anti Groot, basically. <laughs> um, that could track really well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who I'd go with. Ah, man, the Demon Etrigan. I don't know if I could pass that up, especially if you got like, I don't know. Who would you get to do the voice? Like Mickey Rourke? If he wasn't already tied down, the rock would be kind of cool. 
But uh, oh, that would be good. No, the voice though. <laughs> all right, you need a, you need a voice that sounds like ah fucking Sean Bean. Sean Bean. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Well, no, but if you do that, you then you know Etrigan, Etrigan's gonna die. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, no, that's perfect. That's perfect. Um, okay, well. Well, again, we will see if anything pans out with this, but at least people are talking about it. Maybe we'll get some more of that. Here is something that is going to happen, though, that is Constantine adjacent. I mean, very adjacent. <laughs> and it is a series called Heckblazer. It's coming out next year. It's a graphic novel series aimed at middle schoolers. <laughs> so it's Constantine, uh, but instead of of Hellblazer, it's Heckblazer. I love that. <laughs> and uh, I think there's some real potential here. Um, I don't know. What do you What do you think about? And we're obviously we're not the demographic, but yeah. What do you think about this idea? No, I'm, I, it's definitely LA's. I mean, um, just the fucking character art alone. <laughs> like I think what we linked on the site is just like the little thumbnail of a. Uh, devilish looking demon holding up uh, Constantine by the scruff and he's got the yeah what me kind of face on him uh <laughs> it's just visual comedy man this is great uh <laughs> the, the, it feels like it could definitely be like an animated series um yeah I, I thought that too it actually kind of reminded me a little bit of like clone high almost yeah. like uh I could see that yeah um I mean who knows man if this thing takes off right they could they could do it they could do anime and we know we know warner brothers can do animation i'm I'm just saying like this is the right move just because like we've said before on the pod i think constantine is the perfect on-ramp uh to kind of revamping the dceu whatever the fuck um Mm -hmm. if you build it around constantine i think that's a a much better move than having these like super super like mythic these gods these godlike characters yeah so, because constantly sure. he's just a dude. He's, he's fucking up. He's making making things worse all the time, trying to make them better. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah, man, I, I too, too. I, I hope I hope the series does well, and yeah, I hope they are open to doing something like an animated series. I think that'd be really cool. Um, you could even get, I can't think of the actor's name, but you could get the actor, if they do an animated series, you could do the actor that was Constantine. Yeah. Um, I keep wanting uh, to say Matt Smith, and that's not his name, but it was uh, Simon Cowell. That's is it Simon something? That's not it either. I don't, I don't know. No, it's not Simon Cowell. Um, all right, but you know, Constantine is a guy, is a guy that definitely can appreciate a slice of pie and a cup of coffee, maybe with some whiskey in it. We're gonna head off to Casting Corner. All right, right, man. He's a little jumpy there. Uh, It's okay. (laughs) Uh, Well, you can't can't blame him because we're first person we're talking about. No, no. Jubilee, strap in, please. Uh, Seatbelts, seatbelts fastened. uh, Tables in the up and ready position. Whatever the hell. It's about to get bumpy for all the wrong reasons. Can we can we just mark off like a solid eighteen minutes right now? Starting the clock, please. Starting the clock. Um, Emma Stone, man, Emma Stone, rumored to reprise her role as Gwen Stacy. Oh, 
in Spider in Spider Man Three. But not just as Gwen Stacy. Uh oh. Not just Gwen Stacy. Gwen Stacy and Spider Gwen. Oh my god. She gets, she gets two, two wows. wows. Okay, okay, so, so let me preface it by thing. saying this. The, the source on this is a bit iffy. Mm. Comes from Daniel Rickman, who's apparently a Hollywood insider. You can <laughs> subscribe to his Patreon to get like his full notes, I guess. Or oh, his come on. His news breaks. I know. Come on, dude. Come on, Daniel. You're better than this. You're better than this. But uh, yeah, membership level start at two dollars a month. <laughs> Go up to ten dollars a month. He has two hundred ninety-two Patreons right now. We really need to jump in on this Patreon stuff, man. There's just money out there. Um. <laughs> but uh. But he is. He apparently. There's talks. Sony's approached her. They might be in talks. Uh, worst kept secret is that Spider-Man 3 is going to be a Spider-Verse movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, so as much as I am totally on board for this, I think Amazon is absolutely fantastic. The issue here, you have a couple of issues here. If you make her... You, I guess you could make her Spider-Gwen, and she wouldn't be the Gwen Stacy from Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, because we all know what happened to that Gwen Stacy. Oh, uh, let me see here. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, and... Also that. And uh, I don't think I have, like, a like a twig snapping sound. Jesus. Uh, but that, that, that happened. That's good. That's not good, I mean, but yes. Shots fired! Shots fired! <laughs> so, here's, so here's the thing. If you, if make, you make her, her Spider-Gwen, Spider-Gwen, now what are you going to do in the Tom Holland Spider-Man universe? Mm. Because she's 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 too old to play the like appropriate Gwen for that character. I like that you're making the face of but is she... Well, no, she's not. But I think if they're going to try to pump out a lot, I don't think they can go in that direction as much as pump out. other people might want them to go in that direction. Mm. Mm. MJ's got a lot of competition, just saying. <laughs> There's Captain Marvel. <laughs> oh, you got, you got something, something for me? <laughs> Man, that is how like a lot of films start, you know? <laughs> just... Certain types of films. That's how they start. A lot of them. Um, or so I hear. Uh, Emma Stone, Spider-Gwen. I mean, I think she would be great, but I just think that that complicates it because if you ever want to do Spider-Gwen proper in relation to Tom Holland, Peter Parker, how do you do it? Because like, once you say Emma Stone is Spider-Gwen, Emma Stone is Spider-Gwen. Mm-hmm. That's it. So now, like, at her age now... Like, that's just a totally different movie. I mean, to quote Eames from Inception. 
you mustn't be afraid to dream a bit bigger, darling. Uh, Emma Stone coming in as Spider Gwen is perfect. You, you're, you're taking events that happen from different Spider universes to. Sure. That, I mean, what if she was the person with spider powers instead of Andrew Garfield in her version, and then she sure. died, like sure, like falling off some uh, uh, building or something and breaking his, breaking his back or neck or whatever the hell happened, and she mourned outside of his grave for thirty seconds, and yeah, and then it was okay. <laughs> moving, get the funky, and she's like, I got to fight the rhino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can get that. I mean, we're straight up just copying Spider Verse stuff, but. I mean, that's how you—that's how a smart writer would kind of try to do it, right? Sure, I, and I completely agree with that. But here's the problem, okay? So you do that, and you invest in in Emma Stone as Spider Gwen, and everyone loves her because she's perfect, and she's of course perfect for it. But now, if you ever want to bring a more to Tom Holland's timeline and his age of his Peter Parker, a second Spider Gwen. Mm. No one's going to go for that, so right? you wouldn't be satisfied with just one Spider-Gwen. You want multiple Spider-Gwens. Is that what you're saying? That, that's the issue. I want a, you want a Gwenoverse, if you will. Oh, my God. I'm just saying that, like, once you do Emma Stone as Spider-Gwen, you're locked in there. That's who's Spider-Gwen. Yeah. You kind of run into a Chadwick Boseman T'Challa situation. I kind of feel a little bit. Because, because Emma Stone is such a dynamic actress. Wow. Because she's she's got that gravity to her, <laughs> you know. You 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 put her in this iconic, very visually defined character and role of Spider Gwen. Again, I think she would absolutely crush it, no doubt in my mind. But then that character is now Emma Stone's. I don't think you could give it to anyone else after that. Yeah, that's all. I mean, I don't see why you couldn't, uh, because they're pretty much doing that for Spider Man proper. I mean, if we're going to make a live-action Spider-Verse, then we're going to have Toby and, like, Andrew here, along with uh, our good friend Tom. I mean, that's what we're doing with on that end. I mean... Sure. I mean, I'm just saying, you don't think it'd be weird if they introduced this Spider-Gwen where, yeah, Andrew Garfield was dead or whatever, and and then but then, like, two movies, Spider-Man movies later, they're like, oh, this is Gwen Stacy, and it's just a totally different Gwen Stacy? You think audiences will be okay with that? I mean, again, I'll take it all day. It's fine. <laughs> but I just, I wonder, I wonder if that's going to be too jarring for people. They're going to be like, wait, where's Emma Stone? Why is she like 10 years younger now? What happened? What's, <laughs> what is, what's going on here? I don't know, man. It feels like they have a lot of, uh, and maybe I'm overthinking it. Uh, maybe, but they, they got a lot of wiggle room with at least the MCU versions of Spider-Man. But that said, sure. I mean, this is gonna be the third one, right? Uh, are they gonna? Do you think they're gonna? This will be the first one to go more than three standalones. Oh, that's a good question. Because I mean, it seems like this is the final play, right? We're just do a live action Spider Verse almost, because yeah, it's the third one. Yeah. Bang. Um, that's true, man. See, the thing is, I always thought of Spider Man, especially when they cast Tom Holland in it. I was like, you've got Harry Potter on your hands. Mm. You can get eight movies out of this. Maybe more. <laughs> yeah. Like, like because of his age and because of the different stories you can tell, you know, I, I think you could, as long as he was willing to do it, and he seems so completely joyfully happy to do it, Yep. Um, that I think you really could do a bunch more films. And you could keep bringing in ancillary Marvel characters. Uh -huh. So it's not just him. You know, you're peppering it in with, um, you know, with a with a human torch here, or a 
You know, I would love to see Shuri in a Spider-Man film. Yeah. You know, that's that's been a big thing for me. Um, I don't know. Maybe, you know what, and maybe I'm asking for too much. Look, if we can ever get just a standalone Emma Stone Spider-Gwen film, I'm not going to be mad at it. I'll see it ten times. I will. I'll see it ten times. Um, but you sound like you're on board with just if they can get Emma Stone, then you get Emma Stone and you just figure it out from there. Yeah, pretty much. I, I, the only kind of hang-up I see is that, like, you know, Gwen Stacy, she's a... You know the same kind of ethnicity as Emma Stone, so is she really want willing to be willing to play the same ethnicity? Which she's got so many more in her, which she can branch out and do so many Asian, uh, half Asian. I mean, she's I, I hear she's up for a South Korean role that she's you know trained all her life for. <laughs> it's it's called Ra Ra Rain. Oh no. <laughs> Oh, no! <laughs> That's the sound of me being canceled, everybody. <laughs> the views and opinions of Alfred ah, Arvizu are not necessarily the views and opinions of Comic Book Characters Podcast, co-hosted by Alfred Arvizu. <laughs> Look, guys, I'm playing. I was playing it up for the joke. Come oh, where on. Are you? Where are you? I mean, it, it was it was holstered. It was ready to go, but it was <laughs> premeditated. You admit it. We got a minority report situation here. A, a minority report. <laughs> All right, we're not we're not done with the. Uh... Wait, wait a minute. Why is my laptop in battery saver mode? It's plugged in. Uh-oh. Here we go. Here we go. No, it's happening right. again. It's good. It's good. We're good. Um, um, other casting rumors. Toby Maguire. Okay, so Spider-Man, Sam Raimi, Spider-Man, Peter Parker. In Doctor crazy. Strange 2. I, I didn't even know that they were going to get the first one off board, but DS, Death Stranding 2? Yeah, man. Like, does the game count as the first one? Or, so in the game, the, he's in the game. Check it. No, instead of instead of baby battery, uh, it's now it's baby elbow pads. Oh, yeah. They're like babies for two twins for two at Kojima yeah. levels. Here's the thing: the, the the mechanic of the game is that you have to protect yourself uh-huh. from from foes in the game right. with the baby elbow pads they act as your shields but they can only sustain so much damage you can't let their life things go to zero either no, ba- that's the that's the rub yeah, that's yeah, yeah. the trick yeah you, you to the game you instead of you haven't played this journey have you instead of t- instead of ladders <laughs> tightrope oh shit oh no <laughs> And you know those babies are crying on either end. You gotta balance yeah. them yeah. out. You gotta... you gotta balance it out. <laughs> I have not played Death Stranding yet. I think a baby's a battery though. Or they like they like allow you to see the shadow demons. Ooh, all right. Yeah, you're not you're you're seventy five percent of the way there. There you go. Good enough for DC Warner Brothers. <laughs> 
Uh, Tobey Maguire, <laughs> rumored to be in, in Doctor Strange 2. Now, here's the thing. So, right off, like, again, Spider-Verse, right? Like, this is clearly what it, you know what we would think mm-hmm. makes sense. Here's a really weird rumor that's going around the internet. I've seen it in multiple places. Yeah. They're like, what if Tobey Maguire is Uncle Ben? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what? Yeah. So my question to you is, if you could have Tobey Maguire in the Doctor Strange film, Multitude of Madness or Multiverse of Madness or whatever it's called, and you could either have him as Peter Parker or Spider-Man from Sam Raimi's Spider-Man universe, or you could have him as Uncle Ben, which one do you pick and why? Oh, man. Oh, man, I'm going to... I am going to give myself a third option, the third way. Uh, Like that little girl in the commercial, why not both? Why not have him be Peter Parker experiencing the events that happened to to Uncle Ben? (laughs) Losing his mind! (laughs) It's Peter Parker, but he's like, he's... He's doing an Assassin's Creed thing where he's like trying to live out Ben's last day and trying to keep Ben from dying. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> and Doctor Strange has to save him because he's going crazy. And ah, that could be a good. End. So he's playing a game of Roy. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> he's burning his social security card. He's going off the grid. This guy's insane. Oh man. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I, it's I'm, just funny. Like, yeah. I, if you have the title, the multiverse of madness, fucking, you got to deliver some cosmic horror bullshit like that, right? I mean, you're not wrong. I, I like this idea actually. I just kind of always, I guess, safely assume that yeah, it's just going to be Tobey Maguire, Peter Parker, Spider Man. But if they want to like really push it yeah. and do weird shit, fuck, make Emma Stone Aunt May. <laughs> Throw everybody for a loop. Make fight. Make Marissa Tomei Spider Gwen. Ho ho ho! Now you have my attention. <laughs> First, I had your curiosity. Uh, yeah. So, well, I mean, obviously, we'll know once the films are out and what, what's going on there. But it looks like there, you know, the uh, the potential, the opportunities there for them to do. Some really interesting things. I think I didn't even think about it the way you said earlier, but like if this is the last of this Spider-Man Spider-Man films, then they really could go super crazy yeah. big with it. Go, yeah, go hard. I mean, just yeah, just go go. You know, do everything. So no, no, um, some like understudy wizard. I mean, um, that he's not a swerve, right? This isn't like we're getting this. That would be. Like, what if he was just, what if he was, like, an Uber driver that just, like, gets <laughs> Wong, like, a sandwich, like a tuna melt? I ordered my tuna melt 25 hours ago. Where were you? Um, all right, last Spider-Man-connected actor that we're going to talk about in today's Casting Corner, and the last part of Casting Corner, is Oscar Isaac, okay, who played Miguel in... Spider-Verse at the uh, at the bumper at the end of the credits. He's Spider-Man 2099. He goes way back to Spider-Verse Universe 67 where he encounters the uh, the animation Spider-Man <laughs> and they get to pointing. <laughs> they get to pointing at one another. It's great. Such a good such a good look. Um he 
is looking like he's going to be the one to star in a Disney Plus adaptation of Moon Knight. Now, this is in the rumor stage, but it's gaining a lot of heat. A lot of smoke on this one. So, uh, let's just say that that's, that's true. That's the case. It's Oscar Isaac. Now, I just saw a movie the other day with Daniel Radcliffe, another actor who was kind of talked about uh, as a potential Mark Spector Moon Knight. Um, I saw a film called Guns Akimbo. Oh, yeah? You saw that shit? It's insane. Yeah. Have you seen Matt, it? I've been wanting to. I've been meaning to. You need to see it. You need to see it. It's insane. I There's one really big thing I want to tell you right now. It happens pretty early on in the film, but it's so wild. I, I want you to experience right. it for yourself. But it's just, it really tells you what kind of film it's going to be. I'll leave it. I'll say that. Okay. There's something that happens, and you're just like, okay, this is that film. Um, but he's great in it. He's really good. He's also doing like an American accent and sounds so weird. Like, so very, very weird. I'm like, what? Why does he sound like that? Um, but the character that he plays, I could see, I, I could really see him playing mm. Moon Knight. Like, I really, really could. And he's a tiny man. But but beyond that, I could definitely see, see him pulling it off. That being said, look, Oscar Isaac, we talked about Emma Stone being amazing and awesome. And if you can get her, you, you get her. Right. Oscar Isaac, if you can get him, you get him. Uh, it's not his fault that Fox fucked up X Men Apocalypse or whatever that <laughs> oh, film was called. I forgot about that. God, how do you how do you waste Oscar Isaac in that film? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Gonna are paint you, you blue? <laughs> gonna give you and, an overcoat? And now you look like a Power Ranger villain, and we're done. <laughs> <clears throat> Act your way out of this one, Isaac. It's like it's like his vindictive ex girlfriend cast him in the film, and then like fucked over all the the rest of it <laughs> and she was like act your way out of this one mr actor man you're so good at acting we're gonna give you the worst script ever um Bosco isaac is moon knight i think is a great choice as well if they end up going in that direction uh just the fact that they're even looks like they are going to go forward with a moon knight live action adaptation that's cool he's basically like a more insane batman uh, you know, to put it plain, oh, there's so many nerds out there right now. They're listening to this. They're so mad. They said that <laughs> it's not that simple. I know it's not that simple, but like kind of, he's like a street level vigilante. Mm. He has, um, you know, he has multiple personalities that he deals with. Yeah. Um, he loaned some money to he, Dracula. He's, he's loaned some money to Dracula. He was assured that that money would be paid back in full with interest. That has not happened yet. <laughs> so he's very upset about it. He'll, he will call the Avengers up and ask. Uh, he knows he's there. He will ask them. He knows Spider-Man. He knows Captain America. He's going to ask. He's going to get to the bottom of it. Now, here's the next twist. If they end up telling me that this Disney Plus Moon Knight series is an adaptation of the Moon, Moon Knight core, like... Dracula took my goddamn money story, then I will give Disney however much money they want for them to continue to make that show. <laughs> if it's just Moon Knight walking around trying to find Dracula, like that would be amazing. They're not, I don't think they're going to do that, but um, okay. So who would you rather see play 
Moon Knight, between Oscar Isaac and Daniel Radcliffe, assuming that they're both, you know, able to do the role justice, which I think they both could. Just, man. um, I had not seen Drive before, and I checked it out like two weeks ago, uh, just because I was bored. And fucking Oscar Isaac shows up in there, like just completely different from any other of his, uh, of his other roles, like so volatile. The this gained so much like emotion and like intention across with just kind of like a stare or the way he's standing. I don't think how you not choose Oscar Isaac in this in this scenario. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely want to see Guns Akimbo. It looks fucking ridiculous just from the cover art alone. Uh, but yeah, you got to go with Oscar Isaac. He can do Unhinged if you want. Like the wasn't he in that Natalie Portman was an Annihilation? That was, that was that movie. Mm-hmm. Like the first like ten minutes of it, maybe uh, he can he in kind of like a soldier return from war type of deal, and that's kind of you know. So he, he he can do that. Dude is versatile, and that's kind of what you need for for containing uh, all the all them personalities. For Moon Knight, for sure. I, again, I would argue that Dana Rockliff also can portray those qualities. Yeah. Uh, and, and really well. Um, but yeah, Oscar Isaac, my, my only concern here is that Oscar Isaac can be failed by the material that is given to him. Now, granted, I don't think that would be the case here with a show like this. Mm. But, you know, as awesome as he is, he couldn't make Apocalypse any better than it yeah, was. Yeah, that's a hell of a point. Like, as he's going to shy away from comic properties, like, I'm done with that. I did the, the Marvel thing, I did the Star Wars thing. Uh, he's doing the Dune thing now, which... Uh, I don't know if that's yeah. ever going to come out either. Um, yeah, that's that's a. I, I, By the way, on the Dune, real quick, I imagine you've seen the trailer like a hundred times. There you go. Um, is it just me, or could they save themselves a lot of money and just cast Jason Manzukis <laughs> in the role that Oscar Isaac is? They look exactly the same. Oh my goodness! You Get know, my I man Zooks up in there. Manzukis playing Moon Knight. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> there there's your number one choice number one pick with a bullet yeah yeah <laughs> no no you're right yeah yeah they, they uh spit almost a spitting image especially very just close. very like, close the, looking over the shoulder type thing with the beard. With the beard. yeah mm-hmm. all right man. all right well, with man. well that, with that we're gonna that, leave casting, casting corner for this week, week. But we'll, but catch, we'll you catch you all next time, time. Did you say we'll couch you all next time? Because that's amazing. I want you uh, to keep we, uh, we will that. definitely couch you all yeah. next time. Yeah, that's almost like that old song, Girl, I'll house you. Girl, I'll house you. It's like, I don't know what the hell that means, but this beat makes it sound sexy. We'll couch- I think he's like, I'm going to put on all all eight seasons of House. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> give, me, give me 10 cc's of Prednisone stat. Uh, I don't know what Prednisone does, but... Often okay. you well, yeah, we'll catch Casting Corner another time. And with that, we're gonna get into our last segment of the week. Um, and that's our key issues. Real quick, does this key issues? Uh, all right, let me just go into the drop. Uh, fuck, which drop do you want, man? Oh, because uh, I, I got the yeah, let's, let's just do the drop. Fucking do the drop, man. Look at us. Hey. Look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. <laughs> you got questions. Yeah, I feel uh, like you have questions. Did you tease something before we started recording about The Undertaker? 
Oh my god, I totally forgot about that. All right, though, but the, okay. So I appreciate you doing the drop, but let's. I'll go ahead and drop yeah. this real quick, because so the Undertaker made thirty thousand dollars in a matter of hours by doing thirty cameos at a thousand dollars a piece. What? And I think they were like a minute long. Cameos, that he little did, app that where you record like the app where you can get like a celebrity to say like "Happy Birthday" or whatever. Holy shit! One thousand dollars, <laughs> only thirty spots. They sold out almost immediately. <laughs> the man cleared thirty k in no time, and all he had to do was say "Happy Birthday, Steven" like thirty times. Did he roll the eyes too and shit. I don't know, man. I haven't seen it. I didn't pay the thousand dollars. I didn't get to see it. So you're telling me that this is pretty much just replaced with this. Yeah. Wow. Holy hell. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, good for him. I'm sure that the dude can barely walk at this point. Yeah, like, like give him a couch of money, whatever he needs, but. <laughs> That's amazing, man. Should we be trying to be like famous? Is that would that have been better than this? I don't know. <laughs> like, should people be paying us to tell them happy birthday? Maybe that's what you want to get to. There's a lot of involved oh. with that. And uh, okay, I don't know, man. I don't like people that much, so. <laughs> okay, we're learning too much about me right now. Uh, key issues: the future of DC publishing but maybe comics publishing you know we've talked about this previously um but i don't necessarily mean distribution although there is a rumor going on right now by some idiot guy who used to be a writer at dc or maybe an associate editor i'm not even gonna say his name because he's just a douchebag and i don't want to give him any any rub but he's been saying that that there are plans for DC to cease all physical public publication by July of 2021. Good goddamn! I haven't been able to verify that anywhere, so we're not going to talk about that until I can get more sources on it. Yeah, because it's just that's too big of a thing to be vague about. Uh, but we will keep on top of that, and if something else comes out of it, we'll definitely talk about it. No, what I'm talking about this time and what we're going to be talking about today is apparently, you know, this is verified. The next DC event, their big crossover event is called uh, Future Slate. Future State. Mm. Is it Future Slate or Future State? Now I've confused myself and I'm not sure. So let me check real quick. DC Future State. Yeah, Future State. Future state, okay. And what that's going to do is it's going to take place in the future. It's gonna you're going to have a new Wonder Woman, a new Batman, maybe a new Superman, mm. um, a non-binary Flash. Apparently, mm. they're really they're really going for it, okay. Which is great. It's a creative medium. It's fiction. That's where you want you definitely want to push boundaries and envelope in that space. Cool. That's not what we're going to talk about. That's a whole other thing. We could definitely talk about that in another episode. Once that's done with, apparently DC narrative, writing, all of their comics mm -hmm. are going to move from their current standard and what is also the Marvel standard of comics, which is a sliding timeline 
And what that is, for listeners that are unaware, you know, Superman first came out in 1938. Okay, but they reboot him every now and again. And sometimes he's like from 1958 or from 1988. You know, they kind of slide the timeline so that, yeah, things happen and the characters can age a little bit. But it kind of like everything gets kind of just pushed along. You know, and that's how comics have been told, American comics at least, uh, superhero comics for, for decades. Again, Marvel does this, DC does this. They are going to move over to what's called an omniverse type of narrative structure. And what that's going to be is essentially, if anyone's familiar with What If from Marvel mm. or Elseworlds from DC Comics, basically every title that they have, every writer that writes on any issue of any DC comic can essentially do as they please to tell the story. So if you want to kill Wonder Woman in your first issue of a Batman comic, you could do that. And, you know, let's say that series runs six or 12 issues and then that story's over. Then that story's over. You know, then the next writer can come in and write something completely different. So now that doesn't mean that, like, you couldn't necessarily you could maybe have a, a particular writing writer artist team on a book for maybe two years or even three years. And maybe they write one big story arc that lasts that long. Mm-hmm. And everything contained within that story arc is there. You can still build stuff. But once that story is over, it's over. There's no, like, ramifications for what happens to any character in any particular book on any other book. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like, it's like you're telling a bunch of what-if stories, kind of. Which, okay. And that's what, that's what I, you know, that's what I want to talk about uh, today with you, Chris. What do you... Do you think that's ultimately going to be more freeing for creatives at DC to tell stories exactly the way they want without being handcuffed in any way? Mm. Or do you think that by not tethering your characters to history and being able to build off of continuity of months and or years is ultimately going to hurt your storytelling ability? Where do you fall? Man, it's a debate. Yeah, that's a that's a very good. I mean, because that's 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 almost like a that's the acumen of the the comic book kind of like fan. It's like, do you know the lore? Do you know all the backstory? Like, this is what Tony Stark was up to in the sixties and shit. This is what this is what happened way back when for Cap. This is when he was introduced. Then this is kind of like why the Cap saying Hail Hydra is so fucking offensive. Um, there's a lot of stuff that kind of goes. I mean. That's what that's what it is almost. You're reading like a story that's told through time through various different people, and we're just kind of like relaying it forth. Um, but yeah, like handing the baton. Yeah, in a way. right. But the trend nowadays, at least, has been like uh, you see like a, a team work together for uh, Batman uh, White Knight, and you, uh, that'll mm-hmm. go that run of what uh, like eight issues, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And then that you know, it doesn't really. Nothing really seems moored anywhere. Nothing really seems like this is the the one narrative, and we're just letting the people work on the side. If we had that, that'd be kind of cool. Like, but um, yeah, it feels fractured already. So to me, this almost seems like asking somebody to start like a, a asking a casual new fan to start in comics, them them walking into a comic store and be like just confused by the numbers uh, by the amounts of first issues that they see. Uh, week to week, it's like, where do I even pick pick this up? Who is this writing team? Where does this fall on the time and the, the 
like in the lower timeline, it's it, it's pretty dizzying almost. So I could see that it wouldn't it would be kind of like a more beneficial to have it uh, kind of fractured out like that, kind of like the omnibus or what did you say the omnivores? Um, not omnivore. <laughs> The, they're omnivores. <laughs> they they eat plants and and steak. They'll, they'll chat down on a shellfish. They don't care. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I I kind of see the upside to that. What I really hope that doesn't happen is that this isn't some slick kind of uh trying to recreate the publishing side for like a farm kind of system of like these are the minor leagues and we're gonna see which stories get elevated to like the the motion pictures. Yeah. So I think there's a couple of things at play here. One, DC and Warner Brothers are banking on the fact that they've that they've banked enough commodity, like like historic commodity in these characters, that you can go in all these weird tangents. You can do a caveman Justice League <laughs> you know, thing if you want. Because people know who Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman are. But they only know who those characters are because of the 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 fucking the work and the sweat that's been put yeah. into those characters over decades, so I think, so I think they're banking on that, and I think that they can do that. I think the the danger is that does that hurt the ability to create new IP, new characters, new new properties that that really connect with people and that have long lasting sustainability. Mm-hmm. I think that's the trade off. That's the danger. Um, the other thing is, you know, I'm glad you brought up White Knight. I really like that series, by the way. But they've been kind of, I would say, soft launching this idea of these fractured, as you said, fractured narratives because White Knight doesn't happen in any regular Batman continuity. Um, there's a there's a series that just came out called Three Jokers, which is supposed to be in Batman continuity, but you could easily branch off and just say that that's not, and then create a whole different Batman universe based off of three Jokers and then start telling stories from that, from that starting point. You really could, it wouldn't be hard to do. Um, So I think, and this is the problem. I think if they're careful and they're deliberative and they have a real idea of what they want to accomplish, I think, yeah, I think they can pull this off. I think you can get a lot of new readers. I think like collected editions, like trade paperbacks or omnibus collections, would sales would skyrocket because you would really have these really nice stories that are just like, here's the yeah. book, you know. But here's the problem: Do I have faith in DC's editorial staff? <laughs> And more so Warner Brothers or whoever is the parent company of DC Comics. I don't even remember who it is anymore. Is it like Verizon or AT&T or something? <laughs> um, do I have confidence in them not coming in and just firing people left and right in the middle of a story? In the you know, love that so far, right? I have zero percent confidence that they won't do that. Like I, I, I imagine it would happen that way. And that's that's my concern and my fear. I mean, it'd be really cool to see like the complete inside baseball part of it. Like, what do the contracts look like for these writing and artist teams? Like, are they signed yeah. to like however many issues only? Are they signed to like monthly kind of you know month to month type of deals? That's a good question. I actually, well, I could probably try to reach out to some people that that could maybe get us in contact with some people. Maybe not in DC or Marvel, but maybe in some of the more right. minor. Yeah. Um, publications and, and maybe they could give us a little insight in that. We'll definitely work on that. Because um, anytime a writer can get paid more <laughs> for the for the amount of effort they put into creating stories in general is that would be good. I mean, if they're 
Oh, well, absolutely. Oh, writers and artists in comic books are so underpaid. I mean, they're so overworked. Yeah. Overworked is probably the best way to describe it. They just have way too many responsibilities, way too many titles to write, way too many, you know, pages to, to ink and to pencil. It's it's too much. It's too much. And, um, you know, so I think creatively, this is nice. Like, you could really get some fantastic story ideas out there that none of us have ever even thought of. Um, you know, I, I don't even, I wouldn't even speculate as to what those could be, but you could really get a lot of cool stuff going again. I'm just more concerned that once you start down this path, everyone's gotta, gotta let them do their thing and you can't interrupt it. I mean, I guess you could, and then it will just die off and because it's fractured, it doesn't matter anyway, mm. but I would hate to see that. Yeah. You know, and again, my main concern is that this now would make it more difficult to establish new characters. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think, like, which are the big new characters that weren't like a remix of a, an existing character, i.e. Immortal Hulk, that, um, I'm sorry, E.G. Immortal Hulk, uh, that have been introduced in the past, in, in recent history. Like, I mean, Arrow, I can think, the yeah arrow uh, and naomi yeah. in dc comics miles morales sort of and like spider gwen sort of yeah uh, if it's sub, if it's just like contained type of structure then maybe that might foster a little bit you know willingness to take chances and introduce like this character that's been like this in this artist's head and they're just like fuck it we'll just include him a little bit that might be kind of cool to see I, I, I don't know it's just i, I think we it's always been a weird kind of um, idea, right? This is this is art and this is storytelling, but it's definitely driven by a market appeal. It's a business. Yeah. So, yeah. so like force creativity <laughs> to force new content to be produced. I mean, you see how burnt out YouTubers are. It's uh, it, it, I mean, pod, podcasting. I mean, we do this um, pretty much as like a, a kind of like a passion project type of deal. Like we, we don't really get that much revenue off of anything here. So it's yeah. asking a lot to kind of create under the deadline, under under the gun like that almost. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely the 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 foe to creativity. Mm. You know, it's the counterfoil uh, or the foil, not the counterfoil. Counterfoil would be like an ally, probably. <laughs> so the foil <laughs> to creativity would be uh, deadlines like yeah. that for sure. Uh, I don't know. Again, I just thought it was something yeah. that we should talk about. I think it's an interesting idea. Yeah. You know me, I'm always about the big swing. Idea that um, you've had before. I think we've mentioned on the podcast at least once. Um, why not both seasons? seasons? Yeah. Why not have like yeah. the main canon kind of like be contained in like a season run of like say what twelve issues or something like that maybe or maybe less ten yeah. eight um, and have that be a, a dedicated writing team and then have everything else play off that. I mean, just something to give a little bit more structure to like a new fan jump, jumping on uh, and trying to get a place, right. trying to get the footing. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, I've been, you know, advocating for that. We've been advocating for that for a while. Um, it's so successful in both traditional television and streaming. It's evolved. It's, you know, it, it's it still works on Netflix and Hulu. Is it a plan like, for? Yeah. Like, you, you know what you're doing, and, you know, it really shouldn't be any different. In fact, the way you write a comic script isn't very different from the way you write a TV script or a movie script, um, especially a TV script, because they, they mirror about the same page count. And 
you know, I just I don't know. I don't know why they don't take more cues from that. It's really interesting. Um, we'll see. I do think that if I mean, I mean, apparently they're this is set in stone. Like they're going to do this. Like this is the thing that they already decided they're going to do. I think it's really cool because it really will create a completely different alternative to what Marvel does. Yeah. You know, so I think as a comic fan, now you have them both. You know, you have this directionless what if what if else worlds universe of storytelling and you have like the more traditional grounded you know into a continuity um so i think that could be cool you know um i think it could also lead to on the dc side i mean granted depends on what kind of properties they have but now you could do just like teen titans versus harry potter (laughs) yeah like if you wanted to (laughs) You could. You could do a whole bunch of shit like that. That was the thing I was going uh, yeah. to bring about Teen Titans again. That's the thing I was kind of like squaring in my head. Like, okay, so this is like the jump from the Teen Titans animated series proper to Teen Titans Go. It's it's taking all the stuff that happened there. Same characters. They're just doing goofy stuff now. And I yeah. didn't like that jump when it happened. Um, I did like the movie, the Teen Titans Go to the movie movie, uh, because that yeah. was uh, fucking hilarious and whacked out and very meta. But very meta. Yeah. But yeah, I I could definitely see how it goes wrong, like for a lot of fans. Yeah, I mean it, it is. There's a there is there is some amount of risk there, you know. Uh, you don't want to alienate the and Jesus. I mean, like comic fans are just so impossible to please as is, right? <laughs> so, um, and look, I mean, I'm a comic fan. You know, I'm not I'm not uh, excusing myself from that description. Uh, but it's 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 known to be a very divisive fan base and a, and, a, and a hard one to please. So, you know, I wish them the best of luck. I don't want to see DC Comics go away for sure. Like I want comics to still be made. I prefer for them to at least, you know, digital is fine. But like I really do like the physical comic books existing and trade paperbacks and stuff. I hope that continues. But we'll see. You know, this whole COVID pandemic thing is. Also, just causing a lot of businesses to restructure how they do stuff. So, you know, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I guess that'll end our key issues segment of the week. You guys can let us know what you all think about DC's um, path. Uh, do you think this Omniverse idea is going to pan out? Or, or what are y'all's concerns? Let us know. Uh, you can always let us know up on our Facebook page. Um you can go to combocharacterspod.com. You can go to facebook.com forward slash kneel before pod. You can hit us up at cbcharacters at gmail.com. Um, you know, or wherever you want to get at us. You can just yell at us on the street. Yeah. It's cool. Yep. Just stay six feet away <laughs> and it's fine. Um, with that, we have our last thing, which of course is the big wheel winner of the week. No. Is he saying, is he you, saying can you can pray for love? for love to bring you fire? Yeah, I think it's he, he's talking about a, a a bad girl. You can pray for love, she'll bring you fire, or something like that. Oh, okay. She's she's Prometheus, I think. All right. It's not like a loin fire, like a like a. Oops. I'm pretty sure it's literal fire, man. Like you need to go to the doctor. Yeah. yeah. Okay. She she gonna burn you. Oof. 
this week's winner is, I mean, it's always COVID. It remains COVID. It's always going to be COVID. Um, I'll also give it to us for not being on Cameo and getting $1,000 <laughs> to tell people happy birthday or happy anniversary or whatever. Um, I mean, what the hell, us? Like, how have we not? We've we've had time. Why have, have we not figured it out to uh, so that people pay us ridiculous amounts of money to, to virtually do nothing? Yeah, it's going the other way. It's, it's Feige. It's DC taking some ideas here now and then. Yeah, man. I mean, we they owe us. Marvel owes us quite a bit at this point. But, uh, you know, I guess we'll get there when we get there. Uh, I hope everybody is staying safe out there. Have a very safe holiday. Please be careful. Be mindful uh, of how many people you're going to be around. You know, just if you can, play it safe where you can. Uh, Like that meme said, you know, we social distance now at Thanksgiving so that everyone will be there for Christmas and uh, various other holidays. It's tough, you know. We definitely acknowledge that it is difficult. Um, all of everybody's mental state and emotional state is very frayed and fractured right now. Totally understand, but that's why we're here to to just distract you all with our bullshit for an hour or two <laughs> <laughs> every couple of weeks. So we hope we've helped in that regard. Um, oh, real quick for anyone local here in San Antonio, we. Um, are partnering with Dork Dad Podcast. They're doing a Toys for Tots drive at Atomic Toys on December 5th and 6th. Big toy drive. Everybody who donates is going to be put in a raffle to win prizes. So, yeah, yeah it's a great thing, thing to do. Unfortunately, they've suspended the the Elf Louise thing that they mm-hmm. normally do, or like the Santa, and yeah. you know they visit all the. Of course, they you know because of the COVID. But uh, but but Lucky uh, came up with this great idea, and I'm totally behind it a thousand percent. We're totally behind it a thousand percent. And uh, yeah, Atomic Toys, December fifth and sixth. Um, be sure to drop off uh, any any gifts that you can. Uh, Toys for Tots, great great foundation uh, organization to donate to. And with that, the Fortress of Potitude is closed. We love you three thousand. See you in a minute. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes.